welcome to the Pillow Talk Podcast, brought to you by Local Flavor Productions. You can find us across social media at Pillow Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Nick, Jeremy, and Bill. When you say all right, it makes me feel all right. Hey! Okay, okay, so what are we actually doing? Okay, so... Yeah. He's, right, he, so he's got a really long, elaborate piece of paper here. I want to know what he does. He does, yes. Saying. It's actually four pages long, believe it or not. Okay, so... Jeez. What oh, I wow. ran into... It's okay, though. It's fine. Nick, you know what this is? He wrote a performance review for us. Yes. Oh, I had enough Nick. of those. The last one he gave me, I just got fired. I didn't even get one. <laughs> <laughs> one that happened while I was gone. <laughs> They told you before you left. <laughs> uh, they did. And I couldn't stop it. I know you couldn't. It's okay. Uh, anyway. It's all right. It's okay. It's, okay. Don't worry. it's all worked out for the best for everybody. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, no, what I ran into was um, 15 complaints that, um, that fans of Marvel have about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, cool. Okay. Which I thought would be I was, I was worried there. I thought you were going to say 15 complaints about the Pillow Talk podcast. I was like, we're not up to that many yet. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to submit a complaint. Yeah, please do. Don't. <laughs> you can't don't. You can put it in the garbage. It's how much we yeah. care. Um, Circular file. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. again, there's just there's 15 complaints. What I thought would be interesting is... Um, I just I would tell you guys what the complaints are. You guys tell me whether you agree with them, whether you disagree them. Makes sense. Okay. All right. That works. Uh, so the first one was the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe handled the Mandarin, um, and it essentially just talks about how when fans saw that Sir Ben Kingsley was playing the Mandarin, they were a little confused. Uh, but when the movie came out and it turned out that Ben Kingsley wasn't the Mandarin at all, but just some actor playing a character called the Mandarin, everybody was a little pissed off. Um, Jim Litter uh, apparently told Yahoo Movies that, quote, comic book purists, uh, the ones who know the comic books, they did not like the Mandarin twist, mainly because that's Iron Man's biggest villain. Uh, what do you guys think? You know, I... So I didn't like that at all like that movie at all was that that was iron man three wasn't it three yeah yeah Yeah. (coughs) sorry so i didn't like iron man three at all i still think that they can do something with that like um making it like oh you know so-and-so is actually the mandarin i still think they can do something along those lines but it was that was like the turd on top of the turd of a movie like it was yeah i can agree with that i don't know see for me it's i'm obviously not a comic book purist but i didn't mind it because i thought the it's one thing to do the the bait and switch the villains like that you have somebody but that's not the real villain then it's just that somebody else that you're not expecting to be the real villain but i actually like the way particularly the way that they did it because it was this weird illustration of ben kingsley's acting prowess that he can you know 
portray this kind of, you know, when you think the Mandarin's the actual villain, it's this legitimately scary villain. And then he goes to kind of this just drunken British actor, goofball guy. And it's like, all right, this is kind of weird, but it, I don't know, it worked for me. I, I, I didn't mind it, but I'm not a purist, so. Well, I don't, like, I appreciated Ben Kingsley's acting in it. It just, it just seems like there was something lacking there. Like it was a twist for the sake of nothing. For the sake of having a twist? Yeah. Right. Like there was like, yeah, they were like, oh, this movie kind of sucks. Let's throw a twist in there. I personally. Yeah, I, I was going through having this, this conversation with my son on the way back from Captain Marvel. And it's kind of like, I almost feel like Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 were essentially throwaways. Like they don't really have much of an impact on anything. No, because you had the Iron Patriot in two. Well, I mean, you get you get War Machine in two, and that's fine. That, but but Iron Man three doesn't really add no, anything. It doesn't. I I thought Iron Man three was. I mean, it's my least favorite Marvel movie out of the what is it twenty two or whatever that we have seen at this point. Wow, you like that? Yeah. You like that less than the Incredible Hulk? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah, um, and I'm not a huge fan. Of, I I'm not a I don't love Age of Ultron, but yeah, Iron Man 3 is my least favorite Marvel movie. Probably wow. with Thor The Dark World being my probably my second, like, right down there at the bottom. I didn't care for The Dark oh, World. Oh, yeah, no, those Thor, yeah, Thor The Dark World was awful. Yeah, Thor, Thor The Dark World and Incredible Hulk are the only two that I do not own. See, and I thought The Incredible Hulk was actually pretty good. I, thought the, I, I liked The Incredible Hulk for what it was. Now, I mean, at the same time, I own all of these movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did not care for Iron Man 3. I think that's the only movie in the MCU that I've only seen once. Yeah. I kind of feel like that movie was just, they were they wanted to turn the Iron Man into a trilogy, so they felt compelled to do it. They, wanted, they tried and, really hard. Yeah. And Super it just hard. And they didn't need to because he's in all the Avengers movies. I mean, Captain America Civil War was not really a Captain America movie. It was a Captain America slash Iron Man movie. And Spider-Man is a Spider-Man slash Iron Man movie. Well, no, they had to make an Iron Man 3 because Iron Man 2 made a buttload of money. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, You know, you give, give Robert Downey Jr. a chance to do his thing again and he's good at it and all right whatever but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i i thought iron man 3 was kind of garbage i'm not gonna lie uh, yeah i think that movie in general was just awful i mean ben kingsley was okay i mean i think he's a good actor you know him playing the weird like hippie dude was interesting i guess it's just it was bad personally was bad. personally i didn't like all right, what's gripe number two? Gripe number two uh, are Thor's Warriors 3. Uh, let's see here. Thor Ragnarok was one of the best entries in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, some fans were outraged by the fact that the Warriors 3 were killed off in almost an instant, while Hogan got to have slightly more heroic downfall. Volstag and Frandall were pretty much slaughtered the second they popped on the screen, and we didn't even see Lady Sif. Right. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, these are like Thor's like 
boon companions here. And <laughs> thank you for that. Yes, you're uh, welcome. And uh, in the in almost a, as quick as a Thanos snap, they are gone. See, that I think needed to happen to establish how powerful that character was. Yeah, and I I'd agree with that. I think you you that's exactly what it is. You have to to establish her as someone who can go toe to toe with anybody and just wipe them out. And besides that, I mean, you have that whole the whole span of that movie, they get wiped out, then Odin dies, then Asgard gets wiped out. So yeah, I mean, it's just overall I would say the trend doesn't look very good for Thor. The, so not having the boon companions probably not a big deal if there's at least a legitimate chance he might be dead at some point in the near future anyway. Well, should they have at least died defending Asgard in a more meaningful way, I guess? You know, would that well, have one sat of them better? did. Yeah, but I mean, would that have sat better if they made it longer in the movie and died closer to the climax than like 30 seconds in? I don't think so. I, I, I think... I think a death is a death, and and their death was their death was necessary. If you think about it from a movie standpoint, their death was necessary in establishing that character's dominance. The so Agreed. so anybody else that you kill, I mean, it's just they're dead. Like yeah, you killed a bunch of people from Asgard. Like the the main people that you've grown to like, oh, these are the, you know, the greatest of the great are dead or, or are okay. still there. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll yeah, be able to do it. You have to, to have it. some emotional skin in the game. Otherwise they're just throwaway characters that are dying and whatever. Yeah. So you guys are good with it because it served the story. It yes. served the story and it makes sense. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, moving on to number three. So these weren't all. These weren't all purely story. Uh, the number three reason I found was uh, just the lack of female representation. Uh, <laughs> essentially, that Captain Marvel's the first female-led movie. That we're still waiting on a Black Widow movie. Um, Black Widow's no, Black Widow is not as a compelling a character and. Here's 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 the reaction to that. Like, okay, you wanna you wanna play that card? Fine, I get it. It's not my card. But I know I'm I'm you the royal you. <laughs> okay. But here's here's the thing. Captain Marvel's the first female lead in a Marvel movie. She's also the biggest, strongest, most indestructible badass of anyone in the MCU. So I think that counts for something. Yeah, I would. they did a great job with the movie. I would argue that, yeah, you know, maybe it could have happened three or four years earlier, but... I mean, no, it couldn't. It, it couldn't have, because presumably she's the linchpin. Even one of the trailers as much says this. She's the linchpin that's going to allow Thanos to be defeated in Endgame. Sure. You can't bring her in early enough, because otherwise it's like, well, why wasn't she in Infinity War then? No, and I get that. I mean, you know, you could have... If there was a compelling reason to bring her into the MCU earlier, they could have had her be the, you know, the reason that we defeated Ultron or whatever. I mean, they could have worked her into a story ahead of time. But you're 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 right. I mean, I get it. 
here's the thing. Nothing in this world is perfectly balanced ever, ever. Except the force. Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> so shit doesn't have to be, oh, there's not enough women. Who gives a shit? It's a movie. I don't care. We did an all women's Ocean's 8. Fantastic. We don't, I don't, we don't need women in everything. We don't need men in everything. It doesn't matter. There have been 12 movies and all of them have guys in it. Who the fuck cares? And so this brings me to another point. <laughs> did you, Bill, did you give him a soapbox? So <laughs> I yeah, but here, uh, here you go. Funk. Okay, so not only does this piss me off, because who cares? Who cares how many women's movies there's been? Who cares how many men's movies there have been? Who, it doesn't, uh, none of that matters. In, in the comic book, in, in comic book world, it, it, there's male superheroes, there's female superheroes. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Just like nobody cares what someone's uh, sexual orientation is in a comic or a story. Nobody fucking cares. It doesn't matter. Anything about that, nothing about that drives any sort of me like, I have to see this movie. That's This is the first gay superhero. I need to see that. I'm going to see Frozen 2 because I think Elsa's going to get a girlfriend. No, it's a kid's movie. Who cares? It's for entertainment. Take whatever weird fucking judgment you have in your life out of it and go see a movie. Done. Would you like to drop your microphone now? No, don't drop the mic. He paid real money for that. Okay. I I use a potato. It's nature's diaphragm. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No, I I, I do think, though, that that, it, it speaks to a larger question of just being able to enjoy a piece of art or whatever you want to call it just for the sake of being able to enjoy it and not having to read into current events, political standpoints, anything else, just be able to take something for what it is. That's right. We used to be able to go to the movies and just watch a movie and be happy. We also used to be able to smoke on airplanes. It's true. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four. Nick, if you like that last one, you're sure to like the new one. So, Doctor Strange, the ancient one in the comics, was a Tibetan, an Asian Tibetan monk. And in the movie, is a white lady. But she was uh, bald. She was bald. So well, we need to have more women in roles. The <laughs> yeah, but see, so so here's one with regard to that that I'll I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. And I kind of feel this way, like, when they've been doing all the back and forth about uh, Daniel Craig retiring from James Bond and, like, who's going to take over and don't, Idris Elba has been a big thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't. But it, it's, it's, the same, it, it's the same basic premise. Like, I have no problem with Tilda Swinton in that role because she's a good actress and she played the role well. So to me, it's much less about male, female ethnicity, white, non-white, doesn't matter. Like, find an actor who can yeah. portray the role, and that's all that matters. The rest of yeah. it's just superfluous. Exactly. If it makes sense, it makes sense. 
Like, if it makes sense that you should change a character from, you know, from uh, a, a male to a female because you think that this person is the right person for the part, then do it. Right. Yeah. No question. Mm-hmm. So I assume then that you guys are uh, totally okay, fine with the Idris Elba and then the uh, Zendaya casting in those two movies because they were both met pretty negatively. In fact, mm-hmm. I wrote this down. At one point, everyone accused when Idris Elba was cast as Heimdall said that Marvel, quote, declared war on Norse mythology. Okay, That's first fine, of all... Man. First of all, as a representative, a representative Norwegian, don't care. Um, <laughs> he's an amazing actor, and he played that part exceptionally well. I don't care. Hashtag don't not my Norse god. Care. No. Hashtag not my Norse god. Not yes. my Norse god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't bother yeah. you at all. You're good. Nope. Nope. No. Like, no. He, because it's. Freaking Idris Elba, he's an amazing actor. And if it does he bother is. you, you're a little you, racist. You know, you know what he's not, though? He's not a black. little. I'm sorry. Not a little. A lot. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston's your next Bond. Tom Hiddleston would be I'll good take one. either one of them. It's fine. Oh, Tom Hiddleston would be such an amazing Bond. Can we get back Pierce Brosnan? That'd be fine. I don't know that he could do it anymore. I mean, he's old. Yeah. What about, uh, who's the guy that put the dribble in his butt? That would be Richard Gere. Richard Gere? Yeah, let's get Richard, let's get Richard Gere in there. <laughs> you know, Nick, my children asked me the other day why we had an LLC. <laughs> <laughs> and why I had to send the state of Michigan $25 to keep it registered. And I, oh. said, it's, and I said, it's because I never know what Mr. Rodriguez is going to say. <laughs> And I need something to be able to take the fall. For, for example, opening the first post-Easter episode with someone's finger going places through toilet paper that it shouldn't go. Exactly right. As I told I my wife, so it, is, it is well worth the $25 a year to, to have an LLC to take the fall. To have a legal peace of mind. It's exactly right. Uh. <laughs> Number five. (laughs) I think Nick needs a minute. Nope, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, so number five uh, is the Fox Sabotage, as I like to call it. So um, many have felt that one-time Marvel flagship properties, X-Men and the Fantastic Four, uh, have been essentially had become almost almost um, gotten into total obscurity in the comic books. Uh, at one point, Chris Claremont, I wrote this down, uh, said that he and his fellow writers were told not to create any new X-Men characters because then the rights would go to Fox to use her movie. Uh, so by the sabotage, Marvel weakened the properties so that Fox would have to sell them. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I would think that. You and see... do you think it's think it was a good business move or you think it was a douchey thing for Disney to do? No, I think it was a smart business move if you think about it because you've seen how they've handled those properties. Like you've, you've seen how they've handled them. You've seen what they've done and they haven't done anything good. 
in a while. And so, yeah, why, why would you, why would you create, you know, why would you create new, um, you know, new characters, new things that they could, you know, screw up when you could wait until you know that they're going to get rid of them because they're putting out garbage. And then when a studio that would, you know, do them justice would then have a, a clean slate rather than a like, hey, let's let's just forget all this other stuff, you know. Well, and they even went at one point and canceled the Fantastic Four book, didn't they? Yeah, not too yep. long ago. Yep. You know, I, I guess I'm I'm of the same opinion. Well, one, I'm super glad that Disney's got them back now, but mm-hmm. you know, I think you look at, I mean, a company like that looks at brand a lot, and you know, when you have to look at what another company is doing with your brand and you see them putting out an inferior product. I mean, look at that latest Fantastic Four movie with, uh, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. What's his face? Um, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Killmonger oh, and his oh, friends. Oh. The world's, uh, the world's second ever, um, transgender person. Michael My- B. Jordan. Michael- oh, okay. Boy. The first transgender person ever was, uh, do you know who Michael it was? B. It was Susan B. Anthony. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So here's here's the take on the whole sabotage thing, because I yeah. just looked up these numbers really quick. Yeah. Uh, currently, through 21 movies, including Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe has grossed $7.27 billion. Mm-hmm. That gets you the right to be first place in any character comic consideration. Oh, yeah. When you're throwing up that kind of green, like, it's not it's not about sabotage. It's about simply looking at the, the behemoth that's controlling the market and saying, this is what it is. Well, and I remember um, when there was just X-Men books just, like, everywhere. Like I'm not I'm not kidding. At one time I was reading like six X Men books. Yes, you were. And it was. And then Avengers vs X Men came out. And then I think that's when they all kind of went away. But it was, I mean, is it was too much anyway. So I'm glad that they took them away. But man, it was yeah, it was too much. Well, and you know why give your competition. Why go through? I mean, if you're if you're Marvel, mm-hmm. you've got people actively developing characters to mm-hmm. put in a in an X Men book or a Fantastic mm-hmm. Four book. You know, if you've got a great idea for oh, we're going to dress up a guy and he's going to shoot spider webs out of his wrists, put him in a different book. Why would you give your competition something to, um, you know, some something mm-hmm. to use to make money themselves? You know, it was funny. Mm-hmm. So Tom Beerfort. Uh, at one point said uh, suggested that the characters that Fox was using just weren't selling books and he said quote if you had two things and one you earned 100% of the revenues from the efforts that you put into making it and the other you earned a much smaller percentage for the same amount of time and effort you'd be more likely to concentrate more heavily on the first wouldn't you instead of developing characters for a Fantastic Four book you develop them you put them in an Iron Man book. You put them in a Guardians of the Galaxy book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that folks number six. Yeah. Number six. Um. Mister F. So the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are, uh, Magneto's kids, mm-hmm. right? Magneto yep. was in a concentration Alleged. camp. So Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are Jewish. Because he couldn't focus. <laughs> so Marvel Studios didn't have the rights to the mutant characters, so they had to change the storyline for the kids, essentially making them volunteers for Hydra, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Right. Uh, Hydra. Hell, Hydra. <laughs> essentially experimenting on people in a very Nazi fashion. Yes. So essentially Mangle people S- are upset because you've essentially got Hydra, who are the Nazis, and now you've got... Allegedly. Allegedly. And you've got Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who are supposed to be Jewish, but are actually volunteers for Hydra. So now Jewish mm-hmm. people are volunteering for the Nazis. People mm-hmm. are reading too much into this, but what say you? Yeah, that's exactly it. People are reading too much into it. Right. Well, I mean, in the uh, in the, the X-Men reboot, they kept the whole Quicksilver being Magneto's kid thing. Now, granted, that's not Marvel. That's... Fox, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't like what. Yeah, because they, well, essentially, all, they they didn't really volunteer, did they? I mean, they were kind of they were kids, so they were kind of co opted into it to a certain degree. I'm trying to remember all the backstory from Age of Ultron. I don't know. Did they even say who their parents were? No. no. So here was the deal with with that because so Mar- Marvel and Fox both could use Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in mm-hmm. their movies, but mm-hmm. the way that it worked was Fox could reference the fact that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were Magneto's kids, but they could not reference the fact that they were Avengers. On the yes. other hand, Marvel could call them Avengers and could talk about Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, but could not could not call them mutants. And could not reference their, couldn't reference Magneto. Oh. But they can now. Yeah, now they These can do are the, the things that people decide to argue about in billion-dollar industries. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Well, we'll move on to number seven then. Um, what did you guys? Uh, so apparently, and I didn't realize this, but uh, Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. was a uh, a very different character. Apparently, she. Um, she was far less passive and submissive in the comics, and um, and the argument is that they've essentially taken uh, taken this really strong character from the comics and replaced her with someone much more submissive. Um, and I, I honestly haven't read Guardians of the Galaxy books, so I don't know why I included it. Could have just eliminated it, but I guess it speaks to it speaks to the idea of you know changes needing to happen. Going from the comic book to the screen, I mean, if it creates a good character, do you guys care? I don't care. No, and I, I think in in her case in particular, if you think about her appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I don't have a problem with it because her the submissive nature of that character is written as such to demonstrate how overpowering Ego is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, like yeah. Because of what she is in relation to Ego, the living planet, she can't be a strong character. Yep. Okay. 
And I mean, if you think about it, characters develop over time. And so over time, she might develop into a powerful character. Yeah, true. But you get but you get the beginning and people just want things right out of the gate. You have to it's it's like wrestling. You don't uh you don't give the people what you want what they want right away. You build to it. Well, so that's that's interesting though because if you think about so many of these comments that you're looking at, these are people who have gripes over multiple story arcs in mm-hmm. comics lasting potentially years and years. Yeah. Versus look at Mantis and you're looking at a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. What are they supposed to, like, the character has to grow. Like, mm-hmm. you can't condense the entire character's life in years of comics into 30 to 60 to 90 to 120 minutes in a movie. You've got to give it a chance to breathe. So you exactly. don't know what Mantis is going to become. She's a lot stronger character in Infinity War than she was in Guardians 2. Yep. Yeah, you see the evolution of a character. Right. Okay. Uh, number eight. The uh, So, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. 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 Tom Holland essentially gets a spider suit that's like a light version of an Iron Man suit. Instead of having to work through a pair of PJs, mm-hmm. apparently some folks were upset that his his suit was so technologically advanced for the character. Nick, you've probably read more Spider-Man books than any of us. Yeah? Why are they upset about that? Uh, well, I just think they thought that he should have you know, that he should have the more traditional suit. The more traditional suit is him, is more technologically advanced. Uh, Spider-Man and may, they may be thinking, there's Many different, you guys know this, there's many different types of Spider-Man out there. There's the organic web shooters, there's the chemically um, the, the chemically made web, sh- web shooters, there's the, there's the like super smart genius scientist uh, Peter Parker, there's just the normal teenage kid Peter Parker. There's Spider-Ham. Um, yeah, there's Spider-Ham. And, and Spider-Man Noir. Yep, Spider-Noir, Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Pig from The Simpsons. Yeah, Spider, spider Pig, pig. Mm-hmm. which is the exact ripoff of Spider Ham, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no. So I mean, to me, that suit being technologically advanced. I mean, you see him like Peter is smart. You see him like taking taking apart stuff. You know, he's he's you know a genius. So I mean, he does with what he can the resources that he has. So they just sped up his resources, really. I mean, you know, he he created that suit, you know, and he had the like like the lenses and the spider shooters and that that sort of thing. They just gave him more resources because somebody has money. Well, and then they, they made an active choice, right? Like the way that they decided to, and, and I kind of get this, and I don't know whether this is what the producers had in mind. But when Marvel finally gets its hands back on Spider-Man after like two, like five movies worth of two different reboots of Spider-Man done by other studios, mm-hmm. you're going to bring him back into the MCU. But in order to do that, what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to provide in that first solo standalone Spider-Man movie that's part of the MCU a strong link 
into the MCU. So what do you do? You give him a mentor in the form of Tony Stark. Yep. That's the bridge that gets him in fully integrated into the MCU. And as a function of that, that is Stark's entire MO, right? Yeah. Like the gadgetry, the suits. So that's a way to link those two characters. I think absent that, if you just drop Spider-Man into the MCU, absent Tony Stark, it, it's kind of weird and stilted. And like, how does mm -hmm. it fit? This is the bridge that allows him to come in. And as a result, you're coming in with a certain technological prowess that is... He, he becomes an Avenger because of Tony Stark's patronage. So it's going to be Stark's influence that's going to help that happen. In the yes. yes. Although, didn't he just drop into the MCU during Civil War? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that was never really explained, other than the fact that he had apparently, like, Stark had apparently, like, seen him on a YouTube video or something, like, all of a sudden, like, he knows about this guy, but he just, it just all of a sudden, he shows up at Queen, in Queens and Parker's house. Well, because he's tracking, he's tracking the other superheroes and stuff, tracking them down. Um, but, I mean, Stark takes the place of, of Peter's mentor, Doc Connors, in that way. I mean, if they would have done a storyline of, of Connors and Parker, it wouldn't make um, any. It wouldn't. It wouldn't add anything. Like it'd be. It wouldn't. It'd be a clunky story. You put, like you said, you put, you put Stark in there, and that's your bridge to to the universe. Number. Well, I crossed them off. The next number, which I think <laughs> is nine. Um, Nick. Yep. You're a fan of Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. So in the first Avengers, he and Black Widow kind of hinted around a possible little romance that they'd had, right? Sure. Yeah. And then in Age of Ultron, we get to see Clint Barton's family. Yep. So Joss Whedon totally normies the guy out, gives him a family. He and Black he Widow a aren't a thing. And all of a sudden now Black Widow and the Hulk is a thing. I mean, it's this crazy love triangle that... Nobody asked for, and yet here we are. What do you guys think? Uh, See, I don't know. I, I feel like it was much ado about nothing because I feel like at this point in the MCU, all of that is just gone. No, and I, I just think it's because people wanted Hawkeye and Black Widow to be together. See, you're you're more generous than I am. My guess would be that people wanted Scarlett Johansson to be romantically involved with someone. Oh, so you think that potentially... Oh, that was funny because um, <laughs> one of the things I crossed off kind of talked about that. And it's... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, while on a press tour promoting Avengers Age of Ultron, Jeremy Renner and Chris Evans joked about Black Widow being a slut and a complete whore in response to a question about fans shipping her uh, with numerous Avengers. Uh, the problem... Um, blah blah blah. Is that slander is unfortunately the kind is consistent with how Scarlett Johansson's character is presented in the movies. Black Widow is shortchanged at best, treated as a sex object at worst. In the source material, she's the deadliest assassin in the world. And in, in Age of Ultron, she's locked in the closet for half the movie. Yeah, because that's what you would do with the most deadly assassin. So that's true. I guess the the better question is: so did fans? Did, do you guys think fans wanted to see Hawkeye and Scarlet and 
Hawkeye and Black Widow together? Is it just fanboys wanting to see Black Widow get it on with somebody? Um, I, I think they wanted to see think? two of the most deadliest, deadly assassins together. I mean, that's well, what they are. Well, if I wanted to see that, I'd just go rent Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's essentially what that movie is. Yeah, see, I don't know. And there's all this stuff about, you know, is is she going to get her own standalone movie? And I'm, I, no, I don't got know how. I is don't know how this stuff Plus? is built up. Yep. I don't know how this stuff is built up in the comic books, but to me, they just even throughout. Like, I think she she's right up there with Samuel L. Jackson in terms of being in the the most MCU movies. They just haven't made her character compelling enough to me to want to watch a two hour movie about. Here's the thing. They don't really get into her backstory too much and give you too much information about her. She's so, too one-dimensional. Well, that's and that's the problem is there's not that much to tell. To me, I mean, honestly, I mean, people can say there is, but there's not. She's an assassin at the end of the day. But, now, tell me, though, tell me that a Black Widow, um, Black Widow, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier movie set in the early nineties. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic comic book. <laughs> is the Black Black Widow and the Winter Soldier? It's a fantastic comic book series. They should. I would love that. Did they make a comic about that? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look real quick. Not to prove you wrong or right, but to add it to my Amazon wish list. No, I believe they came out with it like uh, 2011. And on a totally random note, Bill, I'm continually unnerved by the unmoving sheep that's in the fake window over your left shoulder. Oh, that's Millie. You have a sheep it's named Millie? It's freaking me out, man. You don't like Millie? Do I'm not saying one? I don't like Millie. I'm saying it's freaking me out. I Why? feel like it's looking at the entire time. Well, she is. You have one named Millie and Vanilli. Oh, actually, I, I, I think I think I that's a Winter Soldier. I think I have that. Oh, there you go. I think I have that upstairs. In fact, uh, yeah, that's Millie. Um, for for those listening who can't see, uh, mm-hmm. Millie is a sheep. Um, I don't know what type of sheep. Um, let's call her a white-ish tan sheep. Uh, it's an old window that my wife bought and the guy put a picture on it and now it hangs in our, in our dining room here. Cool. Okay. It's because my wife likes sheep. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail things, but I feel like Millie the sheep is like cataloging all my deepest, darkest mm-hmm. secrets. Oh, she, you wouldn't believe the things she's seen. Okay. <laughs> uh, and actually, the uh, the feat of engineering that was used to hang Millie on the wall is really impressive. But uh, I die, I dive all, I guess. That's a that's a future episode. Yeah, it's just there's some countersunk screws into the studs uh, with some uh, some hooks. It's a it's a really actually a wow. pretty ingenious solution to a problem I had. Okay. Mm. Mm. Yep. Interesting. Millie. I'm sorry that she's creeping you out, but 
You'll yeah, just have to. Yeah, I'll get up. You'll have to talk about You'll have to stuff. believe me. That she, she is as skittish of you as you are of her. Okay. Um. So. And as and as skittish as Nick is of the guy who keeps poking his head down from the ceiling tiles. No, no God, there's that. that clown in the back in the dark. Don't do that with keeps, clowns. That's not funny. That's <laughs> He keeps like peeking his head out the left hand side there, and it's like I get him, and then he gets distorted because you've got the fuzz turned on in your video. This is super funny. weird. This is this is. It was actually the last time he actually had this little red balloon, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> he wants yep. to give me a balloon. Oh, there he is again. Oh, now he's gone. <laughs> Sounds like Tim Curry. <laughs> uh, it might have been. So, uh, number next, the fact that they did not use the original uh, Avengers lineup when they made the first Avengers movie. So, essentially, the first Avengers lineup from the comics was Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and the Wasp. Um, Obviously, Captain America and Black Widow and Hawkeye were there, and Ant-Man and the Wasp came in later. Um... I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with this one. I think people can just would, kind of... They went with would, four characters who they thought could carry their own movies. And would you watch that together. movie? Well, it, and if you think about movie? it, so, like, in the context of Avengers, they're, like, realistically, there's four of them. Like, Hawkeye and Black Widow are not, like, yes, they're, they're super hyper-attenuated human beings, but there's nothing otherwise special about them they just have particular skill sets that they're very good at like any other human being who spent that amount of time practicing their craft could do so the avengers is four characters plus those two kind of on a secondary level so by that logic you're talking about 75 percent of your characters are the same and you're just replacing ant-man and the wasp with captain america so I don't see what the big deal is. Because Captain America is far more of a recognizable name. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, um, in that first movie, Hawkeye and Black Widow are there essentially to sell S.H.I.E.L.D., right? I mean, they're there yep. as, as agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're the, the ones that are representing the the operations arm of this organization. Right. Um, and I think you're right. I think they took... You know, they started with Iron Man, they ran a Hulk movie, they did Thor, which, you know, a crazy movie that people are at least aware of the character, and then I think they went somewhat safe with Captain America. I mean, everybody knows who Captain America is, even people who weren't giant comic book nerds. If you tried to do Ant-Man and the Wasp first... Oh, yeah, no. I, I don't know, you gotta... They went with four movies that they thought could be successful, and hoped that they were going to be able to bring them together in some kind of a meaningful way. Well, and that's the funny thing. I read a, um, I actually just read a New York times article from a couple of days ago. That was a pretty extensive interview with, were you um, in that one too or no? No. What's that? Were you in that one also? Or do you guys no. just every once in a while you get into the New every York now times. and then he gets into the New York times. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, it was, this was a Facebook article, but, Oh, okay. Um, you were in the New York Times. No, uh, but it was uh, what I don't know. How, Kevin, what's his name? I, I never pronounce his last name right. Feige. The like Uber producer, Feige. the Googly. It's Feige. so it was an interview with him and with Robert Downey Jr. But they talked about the inception of the MCU 
that it was never originally planned that it was going to get this expansive. They kind of like took their successes and built on them. But the first two movies that they had to come out were Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. And most of the people involved in Marvel thought that the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton was a slam dunk, but the Iron Man movie with Robert Downey Jr. was a risk. Right. Well, because the Hulk, and I guess that it does go into the next, Incredible Hulk and Ed Norton were kind of next to my list. Um, Ed, you know, you had, you had Ed Norton taking over a role that was only made famous by uh, Eric Bana, obviously. Um, right, not I mean, Lou Ferrigno or anything. Not Lou Ferrigno, no, no, no. no. But I, I think you're right. You know, you had the Incredible Hulk, which people, everybody knew who Incredible Hulk was, even just from that bad Ang Lee movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had Edward Norton, who's an extremely well-known actor playing the part. Uh, you know, no history of substance abuse like with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, wasn't um, um, Liv Schreiber in that too? I think so. No, Tim Roth was in it. Yeah, Tim Roth, but the uh, Eric Ed Norton's girly interest, or was she in the Eric was, Bana one? That was Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, Liv Schreiber. Schreiber's a guy, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the thing with Liv Schreiber on it earlier. I'll tell you guys about okay. it later. Um, and uh, so you've got Liv Tyler in it. So she, you know, everybody knows who she is. You've got Tim Roth. It's just there are a lot of people in that in that Hulk movie. Um, and I just feel like you're absolutely right that they looked at that as much more of a, much more of a home run in terms of marketing than, than the Iron Man flick. Talk about somebody kicking themselves for turning down a role. Who turned what down? Well, Ed Norton being done with the incredible Hulk after well, that movie. No, I read uh, that. Ruffalo's Ruffalo's better at it. He is, although it sounds like... Um, oh, no, I'm saying that... Yeah, yeah go ahead. It, it sounds like from kind of the stuff I was looking at earlier, uh, Ed Norton might not have been the easiest one to work with in the yeah. editing process. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was asked not to come back. <laughs> All he would have had to have done was be more agreeable. Just shut the well, hell it's, up. It's weird, too, because... Outside of the character you know, itself, if up. you look at Not the you. impact of the Incredible Hulk movie and the rest of the MCU, what's the only holdover? And that's Thaddeus Ross yeah. showing up as Secretary of State in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's the only holdover from that movie. Everything yep. else about that movie is a total throwaway. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I thought the character, I liked Ed Norton in the movie. He just. He needed to be quiet, um, and he wasn't. Yep. Um, I think. But here's here's the thing, though. Like, look at look at Ragnarok, right? Mm-hmm. Put Edward Norton in the Bruce Banner character in Thor Ragnarok, and it doesn't work at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just it, don't see it. No, I. The Mark Ruffalo, the like. Yeah, what he's offered to the series is really good. And I'm not trying to, to downplay Edward Norton's uh, like comedic chops because I actually thought Death to Smoochie was an awesome movie. <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't see it. That's, I haven't thought about that movie in a really long oh, time. We should, we should watch De- Death to Smoochie. 
Well, since you guys decided to do your uh, Big Trouble movie episode without me, then maybe I should put that out there so we should do Death to Smoochie so I can be a part of it. (laughs) We could do Big Trouble again. Oh, we could do Big Trouble again. On a lot of fronts. We need to do something. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I guess, and speaking of actors being replaced... Do you guys who know who the highest paid actor was in the first Iron Man movie? Uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. My man. And well, so apparently, the, when it came one. time for budget negotiations for the second one, Robert Downey Jr. got a raise, and Terrence Howard was going to have his salary cut in half. Wow. Enter Don See, Cheadle. See, here's the thing. Like, I I don't want to hate on Don Cheadle, but I liked Terrence Howard in that role, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to have seen him carry through the rest of it. And I'm disappointed that he didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I liked I like Cheadle, and I'm not losing sleep over it. But no, you well, know. Cheadle's been pretty pretty well accepted. You know what I mean? It's it's um. People yeah, aren't see, crying like in their weedies that he's gone. I feel like it's one of those things where if I look at, at Don Cheadle's contributions to the MCU by themselves, absent everything else, mm-hmm. I'm going to love the guy and think he's awesome. But I can't do that because I saw Iron Man in the theater. I saw Terrence Howard in that role first, and yeah. I can't shake that. Like, he's a better fit for that character. Oh, I agree. I mean, Don Cheadle's great. I thought, you know, um, I've liked him in all, all kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, as Rhodey, he's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge War Machine fan myself, but. Eh. I mean, he's there. I'm hoping we're not in for a ton of, of War Machine in Endgame. Well. Somebody's got to die first. <laughs> yes. I'm just yes, saying. Someone does. Yeah. Statistically. I mean, God, I'm be... not prepared. This is going to be such a crappy weekend. Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I have to find out about all these Avengers dying and then everybody and their brother and Winterfell is going to get axed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, what it might be good is uh, they might not even die. Maybe some will just get turned into White Walkers. I'm going to yeah. need a therapist is what I'm going to need. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of therapy, the last one I wrote down here. The original director of Ant-Man, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh, boy, here we go. Um, obviously, I really enjoyed Ant-Man. I thought it was great. Having mm-hmm. seen Baby Driver, how much better would Ant-Man have been had Edgar Wright directed it? Mm. See, I, I can't do that because I, I can enjoy... I actually, I, I thought Ant-Man at the time was one of my favorite MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it still like, is. I love Ant-Man. I thought it was, Ant-Man is probably one of my top five movies that the MCU has done. I mean... Oh, I'd put it in the top five still. Yeah, so that's why I I just don't... I don't... I think Peyton Reed did a 
admirable job, and I don't think that there's any reason to go back and say it should have been somebody else. But no. With the, I guess the question is, would the movie that Edgar Wright would have made, would you have enjoyed that more than what we got? I believe I would have enjoyed it differently. Ah, nice answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's the, the best way to put it is, yeah, you would have enjoyed it, but it would have been a different movie. Right. Like, you don't get... Like, I don't know, do you get the same heist movie? Do you think? I think no. you get a heist movie. Um, but I think you're going to get something that is far more... Well, I mean, he left Ant-Man and went and made Baby Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think you get Baby Driver, but with Baby Paul Driver, Ant-Man? And, right. Yeah. You think, like, you think just that movie, insert a- I mean, they they are kind of know. similar. They, I mean, I guess they're similar in, in not in feel, but no, you know, no, no, similar no, but... that they're both they're both heist movies. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I guess we're lucky that he didn't do it because I ended up with two movies that I really really enjoy. Exactly. Right. You know, Baby Driver that I think I've seen four times. Yeah, <laughs> in I the mean, last I, I... six months. I I would go so far as to say I I would like to have seen the Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie just to see what it would be. Mm -hmm. But it's not a a comparative superlative thing. It's not like, well, I think it would have been better. I just think I would have liked to have seen whatever creative take he would have brought to it. Yeah. It's like you don't want to see the Nicolas Cage Superman movie, but... You'll want well, to you see. can stop talking right now. Like I don't want to see the Nicolas Cage Superman. Movie. You don't have to. <laughs> I feel like you do. But you, but you want to see what they would have done, like him no, and Tim I Burton, don't. what they would have done. No, nope, 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 nope. You know, you would have wanted to see Kevin Smith's uh, script of uh, you know the milkmaids looking for milk and Jay and Silent Bob beat, beating down the street. Me- mechanized spiders. Have you ever heard about him? And uh, Kevin Smith, yeah, Kevin Smith, and working on uh, was he? He was working on the Superman film, I believe. Or no, it wasn't Superman. Yeah, no, it was Superman. The Tim Burton Superman. Yeah, and it was something about like mechanized spiders and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because years later, he was with um, he was doing. was it Mallrats with Selma Hayek? No, Selma Hayek was in Dogma. Dogma, that's what it was. He was doing Dogma with Selma Hayek at the same time she was doing Wild Wild West. <laughs> and uh, and the guy who was uh, directing or, or writing Wild Wild West was the same guy that was helping write the Superman reboot. And that's why there's mechanized spiders at the end of uh, <laughs> Wild Wild West. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really great. It was in um, it was either in like a How Did This Get Made or it was in a Nerdist podcast. No, the, the Mechanite, like if you watch what, the Wild Wild West TV show from back in the day, mm-hmm. like that's that's to- because what the reason that show was so groundbreaking is it was a sci-fi western. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so it's that everything that happens in that movie, I like. 
I want that movie to be good, and I like almost everything about it. There were just a few things that I couldn't get past. Mm-hmm. Although Kevin Klein does the best friggin' Ulysses S. Grant impression I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and this man knows people. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I prefer my Cowboys mixed with Aliens with Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig. That movie wasn't bad either. Never it wasn't good either. That was a John Favreau movie. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Cowboys and Aliens. Nice. Yeah, it was a weird movie. It was weird. It wasn't terrible. It was watchable. I wouldn't buy it, but it was. I, I don't regret watching it. I, I own it. Because <laughs> I didn't see it in the theater. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, those are all the gripes I have. Do you guys have any that, uh, that, I, didn't, that I didn't mention? I'm tired of the white man holding me down. Yep, I know. Mm-hmm. By the white man, Bill, he means you. I know. Yes. Yes. He can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and do what I tell him. This is what I'm talking about. Now make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> why do uh, Why do mermaids wear seashells? Because bathing suits chafe. Nope. Because B shells are too small and D shells are too big. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> hi Hey, so hold on, hold on. When are we going to do this segment? What segment did we talk about a couple episodes ago? Was it like Nick's, Nick's, Nick's or something? Nick's Rants. Nick's Rants. That was uh, from episode 105, uh, Nature's Diaphragm. All right, so you got a rant or what? I did I did my rant about people, about women. and uh, Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Everything wants to be... That was the at the 12-minute mark of this episode, in case anyone was wondering. All right. Can you get a – Bill, Bill, can you get a bumper for Nick's rants that we can drop in there whenever he goes off on something? Yes. Yeah. We need to work on that. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I'll work something up. I'll send you an audio file. <laughs> there should be a lot of bleeps in it, like – I don't know. Yeah, yeah there'll yeah. be a lot of bleeps. My and, daughter uh, was sick. Otherwise, I was going to pull your rant out of the last episode. And uh, I was going to do it like this week on Pillow Talk. <laughs> but she was sick. And so she would, she sounded like this. This week on Pillow Talk. So I couldn't <laughs> do it. Nice. Yeah. What do we could do for a rant? It's essentially I just need the clip of Peter Griffin going, you know what really grinds my gears? Yep. Well, no, can you get a can you get a Dennis Miller? I don't mean I to go off on a rant anything. here. Yeah, let's do that. We can totally do this. Mm-hmm. We'll work it out. We'll workshop it. I'll show it to some people. See how they like it. See, this could be good. We get like a half a dozen segments that can be dropped in periodically throughout the episodes. This is good. We should probably just start doing segments. Where were you 107 episodes ago? You understand, like, we're we're, right now we're forcing all the people who are listening to this podcast to essentially be sitting here listening to what is basically a business meeting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if it gets super boring, I'll just cut it and the episode will be over. But in the meantime, they can listen to every word we say. We should probably just, yeah, we should probably come up with uh, segments that we could talk about. We should. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. Like what? Well, Jeremy could do history's mysteries. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Oh, God, I'll start writing this down. History's mystery is like where Jeremy explains some like, oh, like you could ex- talk about some like misunderstood event in history where like everybody thinks nobody this, wants it, but in reality no, no, it's this. Nobody wants, nobody wants to hear that. Trust me, nobody wants oh. to hear that. You know, like I remember when my wife a couple like two years ago, my wife was pregnant with our our third, and she's like getting all the parenting books and stuff from the library, right? Like she's looking at all this new stuff that's happened in like the last five years since we've had a kid, mm-hmm. and she's like, we're laying there in bed, and I've got my book out, I'm like listening, and she's like doing all this stuff, and she's like, she gets all excited about something, and it's like, oh, you should totally read this book because it talks about this and this, and, and then she stopped in the middle of the sentence. And she kind of turned and looked at me She's and she said, oh, I forgot. You only read books about dead people. <laughs> and I was like, I, I got kind of, I started to get offended. And then I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I do only read books about dead yeah, people. Yeah. I only read books about dead people and wizards. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. No, no. Well, what can you do? I'm I'm really just here to MC. Okay. No, you gotta about, have a bit. About three and a half years ago, I fell through a magical portal behind a Burger <laughs> King in Chicago. <laughs> Is that already taken? Magi- I feel like that's magical already taken. Magical land of food. Your wife like really that. likes the song "All Star" by Smash Mouth. Damn, that bit's already taken. <laughs> Damn it! God. Fuck. Um, that's a quarter. You know what I hate about that song? It Smash is that <laughs> I was delivering pizzas. Yeah. When that song was popular, Who'd so I was forced to listen to it Who'd in the car for? for ages. If I drop dead at 105 years old with Alzheimer's disease, I will still be able to recite the lyrics to that song word yeah. for word. Look, I make you this and solemn I, vow. I, if you die before me, I will play Smash Mouth All-Star at your funeral. Please mm-hmm. do. I've been listening to the song Flagpole Sitter every day. Coming oh, home Harvey work. Danger. Yeah, randomly. Uh, it just comes on my iPod. Never fails for two weeks straight. Weird. Are it's you sick? Odd. Or are you not, I'm not well? I'm not well. Okay. Yeah. Because it's so hot. Because I'm in hell. Because I'm in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just comes up on my uh, comes up on my playlist. It's weird. That is Cute. weird. It is. Oh, you could do you could just do random facts, Bill. I, that's fine. Yeah. You know, human head weighs eight pounds. Really? See? That's from Jerry Maguire. <laughs> it was a little kid. He had it first. <laughs> but yeah, you could just do that. Random facts with Bill, and it'll just be like one Perfect. quick thing. <laughs> it's just a disaster. No, and it'll just be random facts, and, and they can be completely made up. It doesn't matter. Like, no, you Patrick want it to Duff, be like real. Patrick Duffy has a wooden leg. Up. Like, you gotta have some. Like, Patrick Duffy has a wooden leg. Now, the average human arm has five hundred and sixteen hairs. See, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna contradict you on that. I like this. I, we should do also this. that's totally made up. No, it's not. It's true. It's actually five hundred twenty hairs. I'm checking. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Jeremy's really checking too, isn't he? I know. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so maybe we can do that. Let's let's challenge the Pillow Talk podcast listening community. What bits do you want to hear from Nick, Jeremy, and Bill? Yeah, ready for just just a multitude of silence. Somebody will text us. These asshats never respond to anything. <laughs> it's true. We well, then you gotta like throw the gauntlet down, man. <laughs> and then I find it's good to call them names when yeah. you can berate your listeners. That's yeah. really when they reach out to you and they're like, they no, you know what? I'm yeah. going to prove it we wrong really, this time. We really want our listeners to come up with some great ideas and share them with us. Yeah, because they're a bunch of stupid, pointless asshats who never engage us at all. Exactly. See? We don't have – we're, we're nothing if we're it. not all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> we had bits at one point, didn't we, Nick? We used to have segments. We used to have Nick and Bill eat snacks. Oh, I we used to eat snacks. Yeah, remember we that pitch, pitch that we had the other day? See, that could be, that's a good segment, though. Which one? You mean Thailand and at Epcot? Thailand at Epcot was hilarious. <laughs> we were gonna make a new. Or the Kenny land Rogers, and... no one to fold them dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna do Thailand, Jeremy, and uh, and it was gonna be. Thailand, food but they were also good. They were there was gonna be soul food and Thai food, and then there was gonna be a store that just sold ties. And it was made by a Taiwanese man. Yeah. <laughs> you had to pick out two swatches of fabric and he'd sew them together into a tie. You know what we haven't done in a while is we haven't made a list. Ooh, we haven't Remember made we a list. Remember we would do Naked Bill make lists? Yeah, that was a good time. I wanna make a list. We can make, make a, a list. list. What do you want to make a list? Next episode, what do you make a list Next about? episode, we're going to make a list. What are you going to make a list of? I know, this is the hard part. Yeah, hmm. this, see, this is what it is. We need to come up with something. I also had an idea for the, the, the 24 hours or less uh, clothing alteration business called Taylor Swift. That was a good one. <laughs> I am slow. telling you, my friend, you missed your calling. Uh-huh. <laughs> he tr- you he missed, truly you did. Missed. He yeah. truly did. Yep. I had an idea for a pest control business called All Rats. <laughs> and by the way, can 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 we bring that back full circle here like to the Captain Marvel thing to the what I now believe is the greatest <laughs> Stanley cameo ever of him sitting on the train reading the script to Mallrats. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was um, pretty good. Like oh my god. Oh, my son kept looking at me because I was just pointing at the screen like, oh, Dad, what's wrong? I'm like, you won't get it. It's going to take me too long to explain. <laughs> it's fine. Just go with it, kid. It's fine. Yeah, that was pretty great. That um, was fantastic. And I think the one from uh, Into the Spider-Verse was pretty great also, where he essentially was running a comic book shop. Yeah. That's awesome. He was my favorite, too. But him, yeah. yeah. Him reading, him reading Mallrats was was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, talk about getting set in the nineteen ninety four. I guess it's been ninety six, but whatever. All right, so we're gonna make a list next week. Okay. Ooh. About what right. we don't know, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get it. We have a week to figure out what we want to make a list of. Well, and in all honesty, let's be honest, it's really probably closer to two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right. All right. Okay.
Good oh. podcast. I'm leaving all of this in. Oh, please do. Oh, you should. Yeah. There's nothing I, to be redacted here. Oh, I hate Nick, your clown's back. Uh, uh, I go to bed don't now. Turn around. No, don't. He's, he's looking. He's getting ready to tap. Oh, now he's gone. Other side. Get turned the other way. Oh, he just missed him. I'm going to get him one day. <laughs> also, that moth that's flying around your computer. Oh, that's the fly. It was a fly. That's, that's okay, Nick. I wouldn't worry about it because I'm fairly sure Millie the sheep is actually sucking my soul out like a dementor from Harry Potter right now. So <laughs> She probably is. <laughs> it's happening right through the screen of my computer as we speak. Man, Millie has not got, ever gotten so much attention on this podcast. She's really enjoying it. That's good. There you go. She's, she truly, truly is enjoying it. Yes. Also, can I tease for July our top 4th of July movies? Yeah. Yes. That I still have from last year? Did we do those? No, we didn't. Oh. Okay, I'll get working on that, too. Wait, we did two hours worth of movie previews. Yes, no, no, no. Uh, I, made, oh. I made a list of my favorite 4th of July oh. movies. Yes, so like, uh, bored on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, Independence let's Day? Let's see here. Not on the- Independent, no, like, in, no. Independence Day is on my list. I didn't no, like it. Don't, don't say them. Uh, also, on my, I'm not going to say it. Nope. One, two, don't. three, four. Don't, because it's going to ruin it. How many do we do? 10? 10, 11, 12. I have 13. But 13 in all it honesty, is. Yeah. I don't know if I'd cut any of these. Yeah. Nope. It's all, Top it's 13. 13. Top 13. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Oh, look. Hey, Nick, did you know the 4th of July was not declared a federal holiday until 1938? No, that's because we didn't fully recognize. You know, they didn't. Did you know that they didn't start uh, celebrating the Fourth of July until the following year? Following year. Well, the Fourth of July is simply the date that the document has on it. It's not the date that everyone signed. (laughs) Nor is it the date of. (laughs) Nor is it the day the British were like, "Oh, okay, you guys win." Oh, you don't want to be part of us? All right, cool. No problem, bro. That's right. The original Brexit. <laughs> Brexit. <laughs> All right, I can go to bed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. But what of the things that we've shared? What of all the, the sweet words that you spoke in private? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> Well, that's just what we call Pillow Talk, baby. This has been the Pillow Talk Podcast, brought to you by Local Flavor Productions. You can find more information at PillowPodcast.com. The theme song to Pillow Talk is Carrie Says All Right by The Hard Lessons. You can find more information about them at TheHardLessons.Bandcamp.com. Tell your friends about Pillow Talk. We will be glad to get more subscribers. And thank you again for listening to Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk!